0: Section 16 of the Catholic's Ready Answer. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Tatiana Chichila, Columbus, Ohio. The Catholic's Ready Answer by Rev. M.P. Hill. Christ Divinity, Jesus of Nazareth and Modern Thought. A modern pronouncement. One of the results of modern criticism is that Jesus of Nazareth no longer stands upon the lofty eminence of which his adorers had placed him— he now takes rank only with those great men who approach nearest to the divine. In the light of modern criticism, his miracles are shorn of their supernatural character. Neither his words nor his works prove him to have been more than man. The Christian Dogma Jesus of Nazareth is as truly God as he is man. Amidst the vauntings of the pseudoscience of the age believers in the divinity of Christ, should give heed to the warning of the apostle, writing to the Colossians, "'Beware, lest any man cheat you by philosophy,' And vain deceit, according to the tradition of men, according to the elements of the world, and not according to Christ, for him dwelleth all the fulness of the Godhead corporeally. Chapter two verses eight and nine. A special providence hovering over the doctrine of the incarnation of the Son of God has provided such an abundance of evidence in its favour that no one who studies the subject with any degree of thoroughness and without bias should fail to be convinced. The proofs of Christ's divinity, advanced in this short essay, are addressed directly and chiefly to those who believe in a God and a divine providence, and who accept, as most contemporary critics do, the four Gospels as authentic narratives of facts. To the unbeliever, we hope we shall at least have furnished matter for serious reflection. Before setting about our main task, we shall place before our readers a few preliminary observations with a view to arranging the perspective for those who may need to be shown things in their just proportions. Section 1. Jesus of Nazareth and Modern Thought What proofs of Christ's divinity are likely to be the most effective in our age? We are convinced that no new ones are needed, as the old ones have lost nothing of their force. The one great source of arguments in favor of Christ's divinity is Christ's own life. It was the story of his life that convinced the world in the beginning, and the story of his life has lost nothing of its convincing power in the lapse of time. But is no account to be taken of modern thought? much less than is sometimes supposed. So far as the question of Christ's divinity is concerned, we fail to see any difference between the thought of the 20th century and the thought of the first. The present century has its own methods of attack and defense, but its weapons are substantially the same as those of the first. If today there are materialists and phenomenalists and atheists and deists and agnostics and evolutionists and rationalists and spiritists and mystics, each and all of these types of thinkers were represented in the society of the early Christian centuries. They were to be found in the various schools of Epicureanism, Stoicism, or Neoplatonism, or were connected with one or other of the systems classed as skeptical, mystical, or oriental. Our modern philosophies are the old philosophies revamped. They have run through one or more cycles of their existence, and now seem destined to run through another, till again vanquished by the truth. It was in an age so similar to ours that the doctrine of Christ's divinity first won the ascent of a large part of the human race. The philosophers were not, it is true, the first to receive the light, but when they were attracted to it, they grouped themselves into that magnificent galaxy of intellects, which is one of the glories of the early church. We need but mention a Justus, an Athanagoras, a Theophilus, a Tertullian, a Clement of Alexandria, an Arnobius, a Lactantius, an Augustine. Converts, all of them, from the false philosophies of the age. Whoever is disposed to belittle the authority of such names as these has much to learn about the history of human intellect." St. Augustine alone, in point of keenness and depth of philosophical insight, might be weighed against a score of intellectual worthies of the past century, and St. Augustine believed in the divinity of Christ. But, it may be objected, are you not forgetting some of the intellectual features of the age, its advances in physical science, for instance? No, we are not forgetting the progress made in physical science, but the bearing of physical science on the question of Christ's divinity is anything but manifest. Science has been cited as a witness against Christ's miracles, and against miracles in general, but, as the reader may see from the article entitled Miracles, the witness breaks down under a little cross-examination. As to Christ's miracles in particular, we hope the skeptical reader will receive some enlightenment from the present discussion. One fact must be patent to anyone who is at all acquainted with modern thought. To wit, That after centuries of criticism the life of Jesus of Nazareth still remains the one great fact of history in the presence of which all others sink into comparative insignificance. A few representative quotations from eminent writers of the 19th century will simply bear out the assertion. Goethe is quoted by Professor Harnack as saying, Let intellectual and spiritual culture progress and the human mind expand as much as it will, beyond the grandeur and the moral elevation of Christianity, as it sparkles and shines in the Gospels, i.e. in the life of Christ, the human mind will not advance. In these words, remarks Professor Harnack, Goethe, after making many experiments and laboring indefatigably at himself, summed up the result to which his moral and historical insight had led him. What is Christianity? Page 4. Professor Harnack adds in his own name to Goethe's testimony. The message brought by Jesus Christ was of the profoundest and most comprehensive character. It went to the very root of mankind. And, although set in the framework of the Jewish nation, it addressed itself to the whole of humanity, the message from God the Father. Defective it is not, and its real kernel may be readily freed from the inevitable husk of contemporary form. Antiquated it is not, and in life and strength it still triumphs today over all the past. He who delivered it has as yet yielded his place to no man, and to human life he still today gives a meaning and an aim. He is the Son of God. Renan thus apostrophizes Jesus of Nazareth. A thousand times more living, a thousand times more loved, since thy death and during the days of thy passage here below, thou shalt so truly become the cornerstone of humanity that to blot thy name out of this world would be to shake the world to its foundations. Between thee and God, men will no longer distinguish. Complete vanquisher of death, take possession of thy kingdom, whither thou shalt be followed over the royal road which thou hast traced by generations of adorers. V de Jésus, page 297. The closing passage of the same work runs thus. Whatever unexpected events the future may have in store, Jesus will never be surpassed. His worship will renew its youth incessantly. His legend will never cease to draw tears. His sufferings will melt all better hearts. Every generation will proclaim that amongst all the children of men, none have been greater than Jesus. It is difficult to realize that the writers of the above words were not believers in the Godhead of Jesus. Their utterances, however, Though they cannot be quoted as direct tributes to the divinity of Christ, have a controversial value to the believer in his divinity which cannot be overrated. They testify to the sublimity of the moral character of the Savior, and to the no less sublime mission with which he was entrusted by God. Now such being the character and mission of Jesus of Nazareth, his own testimony regarding himself is of the first importance. If he testifies to his own divinity, and if, moreover, his testimony is confirmed by miracles, there is no resisting the conclusion that he was, in the extremist Catholic sense of the words, the Son of God. End of section 16. Recording by Tatiana Chichilla, Columbus, Ohio.